You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hi, my name is Blake, and welcome to Abandoned, the All-American Ruins Podcast. This is a bonus episode, so if you haven't listened to the show yet, I would suggest you go back to the beginning of Season 1 to get an idea of what we're doing here. I'd also like to point out that I'm taping this in a motel room in Buena Vista, Colorado, so forgive the less-than-impeccable sound quality that I've been so spoiled to share with you. I didn't plan on producing this episode, but it was clear the second I stepped out of my car that I had to. See if this will work. I'm using my disposable quite a bit today, which I love. There's a sign over by a group of trailers that says Dairy King. Not quite sure what that's about, but it's funny I have to back up. You keep hearing that door. I've been waiting to visit Last Chance for a while. No, it's not a gay bar, it's a ghost town. In Colorado, about an hour or so east of Denver. And no, it's not one of those preserved by a historic society and turned into a tourist trap museum kind of place. It's a real bona fide ghost town. And I was so worried I'd missed my chance to see it. With every visit to an abandoned place, There's always that degree of uncertainty once you lock down a location. Will it still be there? Will it still be intact? Still standing? Still look the way that I've dreamt it looks in real life, based on the hours and hours I've spent perusing it on Google Images? Or will it be totally destroyed, either by nature or by wrecking ball? This one time, I drove an hour outside of Miami to the abandoned Broward County Women's Correctional Facility. But when I showed up, what looked to be an Amazon warehouse stood in its place, gigantic, beige, uninspired. I pulled around the back of the giant complex and found an old road that used to loop around the perimeter of the prison. All that was left was concrete. The rest was overgrown. I stared into the reborn field of tall grass and listened to the sound of the wind and the traffic squirreling by in the distance behind me. In this instance, as disappointed as I felt, I was able to quickly realize that the demolition of that particular abandoned space was probably a good thing. Memories of the correctional facility that at one time housed Eileen Warnos probably weren't too joyful. I got into my car and left and never thought about it again. But with last chance, I was a bit more hopeful that I'd be able to explore something, anything. And I did. But it was nothing like I expected.
As my car tumbleweeds down I-70, my eyeballs tighten on the horizon, massaging the plains and inviting any extraneous abandoned spaces to make themselves known. Show yourselves. This activity actually causes me to miss my exit, which I don't realize until a few minutes after the fact. The GPS scolds me, demands that I take the next exit, which I assume means that I'll turn right back around and head to the original exit I was supposed to take. My car leans into a far left veer, almost like a roller coaster turn, and as it straightens itself back out, I see a huge building in the distance, blue and cream colored. At first, it looks like a semi showroom, a large plate of glass covering the entire backside of the facility. I look down and notice that the exit I'm approaching is the same one I need to flip back around on anyway, so I descend off the interstate and begin to creep down the gravelly back road. My car slows and idles as I stare at the tattered remnants of what clearly used to be a racetrack. I'd tell you that story now, but I think you're going to have to wait until season three. Meanwhile, some three hours later, I'm back behind the wheel, spinning tires on the dirt-laid SCO Road 197 to last chance, and my anxiety is mounting. Did I just drive an hour and change outside of Denver for nothing? Will I get in trouble for being there? What's left of this place? The U.S. Board on Geographic Names cites that Last Chance Colorado is one of six towns across the country with the namesake. Last Chance also makes appearances in Idaho, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Iowa, and California, not to mention a bunch of towns, tributaries, lakes, and mines also named Last Chance, or including the name Last Chance. As the name suggests, it was just that. Leaving Denver, it was your last chance to get gas, food, or bed before hitting the empty plains for miles and miles and miles. I'm confused. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm sleepy. Here's a time saver that works two ways. Whenever possible, combine all your requirements for service, such as gasoline, regular checks of oil, tires, and cooling system, in a single stop. Then you'll find you have plenty of time to get refreshment, exercise, and local information on highway conditions. Officially established in 1925, the marketing campaign behind Last Chance stoked the coals of its popularity through the mid-1960s, when the first portions of I-70 opened to the public. The interstate bypassed the town by almost 40 miles, and by the late 1970s, it was almost forgotten about completely. The last U.S. census to capture Last Chance's population data was in 2000, at a whopping 23 people. Today, the town of Woodrow carries the mail for Last Chance. It is truly the middle of nowhere. As far as I can see... There are five or six houses right on the corner. There's a set of mailboxes. It's windy. And it's for sale. 
hear that wind. I park my car parallel to the row of inactive mailboxes and hop out. It's noisy. I'm wearing my new binaural headphone slash microphone combo, trying to capture sound of the place, but the wind hollers across the plains so strongly that it bleeds my microphone dry. not even that cute. And I'm drawn back into my childhood in the mountains, sleepless nights saturated with endless gusts and gales blasting through the continental divide, up and over the Rocky Mountains where I grew up. My sister's bedroom window would scream during these powerful storms, a heavy, whining wail that I can't fathom didn't leave her with at least a little bit of lasting trauma. In many instances, I'm not afraid of bending, shall we say, the rules a bit and sneaking onto private property. Very unceremonious here, folks. But on the Colorado Plains, where folks wear guns like jewelry, it's a different story. However, I scan carefully for no trespassing signs and can't find a single one, so I begin my march towards the three structures I can still see. But it's certainly empty. In their various forms, they resemble houses, but posthumous Googling makes me realize that it was a house, a motel, and a motel office. There was also a gas station and convenience store at one point, overgrown, hard to see, and a diner called Dairy King, not Dairy Queen, that is now just a bunch of empty trailers. My body moves up the slight incline with ease, stepping carefully through the stickers that puncture the sides of my socks and boots, listening to the sound of the dust and dirt beneath my feet. I think about A.R. Gurney's The Wayside Motor Inn, a strange little play about a motel on the side of a highway that follows a number of characters simultaneously, separated by time while occupying the same space, ghosts to each other and themselves. How did the owners of this motel cope with the loss of their business? What happened to them? Where are they now? I ask myself these kinds of questions a lot while I'm roaming the ruins of America. The untold stories behind these forgotten landmarks remain sticking points in my side, a large part of why I let my imagination run amok when I'm exploring. was the door that you just heard on the third house. Again, I'm not going to go inside. I'm just going to look. But these were houses, man, you know, like... I poke my head into the former office and see not much is left but a chair or two. Despite the hot heat radiating off the plains, I feel a chill on my left shoulder and glance over at the dodgy motel. I carefully make my way down the path and step inside. Is like apartments, maybe? And the world goes dark. Just take a quick peek. It is just abandoned in here. The plains of the 1940s comes into full view. 
We've just won the war against the axis of evil through the brutal murder of hundreds and thousands of Japanese citizens in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The United States has just embarked on its baby boom. I hear the sounds of 1940s-style sex echoing through the abandoned rooms, filled with shame despite a clear desire to connect. An era of women keeping marriages and pregnancies because it's culturally unacceptable not to. I stare at the few pieces of remaining furniture, chairs mostly, and happen upon a mattress that's clearly been slept on, a not-so-uncommon occurrence in these spaces. There is a small twin mattress in the corner. Looks like at one point it was used. Oh my goodness. I listen to the sound of the planes outside. The crickets, the cicadas, the howl of the wind. I recognize that this will be a short visit. I make a few photographs, stumble back to my rental car, and climb in. Heavy. Oh, perfect. I have no service. I sit in the stillness just for a moment, listening to the muffled sounds of that wind raging, and try to imagine how life felt here before it... dissolved. This one's hard. Because I can't. I can't imagine losing something like an entire job, small business, the thing that matters to me the most, career, lifestyle. I notice a for sale sign staked firmly in the ground in front of the remains of the ghost town and look it up. Last chance, Colorado. $15,000. That's it. $15,000. You know, it cost more money to replace the roof of my 1,100-square-foot house than to buy this entire town. The listing reads, Take a look at this quaint piece of land located by the busy intersection of Highway 36 and Highway 71. This could be a lucrative location for a gas station, convenience store, or other small business as there is nothing for several miles in all directions. There used to be a house, a bustling motel, and a restaurant on this lot many, many years ago. The structures still stand, but are not able to be salvaged. The location is great for travelers and commuters alike to make a quick stop to refuel and grab a bite to eat. If you're just tuning in, then welcome to the second season of Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Join me as I take you on immersive sonic journeys, recounting my expeditions of abandoned spaces across the United States, which I transform into fantastical audio experiences that allow you, dear listener, to dive into my imagination with me, or maybe inspire you to go out and use your own. We're amidst the release of season two, but I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. If you never want to miss an episode, then please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, maybe you could write us a review or leave us five stars and tell your friends about it. Also, if you like to read or enjoy amateur photography, just know that each episode of this season is adapted from the original All-American Ruins blog, where you can catch up on more of my adventures. Just visit allamericanruins.com or follow me on Instagram at allamericanruins. 
Abandoned, the All American Ruins podcast is hosted, written, edited, and produced by me, Blake File. This special bonus episode was partially recorded at the History Colorado Center in Denver, Colorado. Special thanks to Maria Maddox for setting me up in the studio, and to you, the listener, for taking the time to explore these abandoned spaces with me.